Hi, this is Laura Monroe, and I'm excited I may be coming to your home soon. For 25 years, you've been coming to us for Inman Connect. Now we're coming to you. Sign up for Inman Connect now, June 2nd to June 4th at Inman.com. Hi, this is Brad Inman with my Daily Dispatch. It looks like much of the country could open up in May, even bringing back more homebuyers and sellers, although no one really knows. Nevertheless, we expect some dog days this summer. It will be a very difficult time for many folks, including those in the real estate industry, because of economic woes. Now more than ever, the entire industry must rally around the working realtor who gets paid from commissions. With no company providing health insurance, sick leave, a salary, or maternity or paternity leave, realtors are the backbone of the industry. It is they who pay for Zillow, Realtor.com, KW, Realogy, Remax, and Inman News, among many, many others. We must all dig deep this summer and reach high to support realtors during this challenging summer. We can do this. Today, I'm super lucky to have with me venture investor, family man, and founder of Trulia, which sold to Zillow at a value of $3.5 billion several years ago. Pete Flint, welcome. How are you and where are you? Hey, Brad. Great to be, um, great to be back with the Emma community. Good to, good to connect. Um, I am just outside San Francisco. Um, so uh, with a couple of little kids, um, you know, it's the best of times, it's the worst of times. So uh, lots of family time, lots of homeschooling and lots of work. Um, so good to be here. It's kind of a kind of challenging with kids, right? Um, I, I can't imagine. I remember having kids, but I can't imagine being cooped up with them for seven or eight weeks. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's, I mean, they're, they're at an age where it's such a joy. Um, and it's the, the uh, you know, one of the kids is a bit older. She's, she's fine with the, um, with Zoom classes. The other kid just wants to go outside and like find bugs and explore, which is, you know, an equal education. So, um, no, it's going fine. It's, I mean, it's, it's just sort of, it's just such bizarre times how, you know, you see education be transformed. You're seeing all these different industries being transformed, which is, um, through technology. So it's, you know, I'm, I spend my days and nights being a venture investor now. And so it's really fascinating seeing all these different industries being disruptive or transformed and, you know, not, not just in our home lives, but our professional lives as well. Yeah, and I think, Pete, that's where you and I today should really narrow in on. Uh, I mean, you're a business builder, an entrepreneur, and you're smart and sophisticated. You have a good global view of things. Um, so I really want to dive into that, particularly as it relates to real estate. But first, have you been able to wrap your head around this whole pandemic and its economic consequences, or you feel like you got a grip on what it's all about and where it's going to lead us? Any, any insight there? Well, I think, I mean, no one really has any idea. This is unprecedented. You know, I, I um, just sort of professionally spent my, I guess I had, I spent my, the first part of my career in Europe in, in online travel, um, building an online travel business during 2000, 2001, and sort of navigating through the, you know, the dot-com collapse and then, and then sort of September the 11th. And then obviously we spent kind of many, many time, many, many hours together in a, uh, in the, the Trulia days and particularly going through 2008, which, you know, many people in the community uh, remember not so fondly, but 
um, remember going through it then. And, and those are kind of clearly economic collapses, you know, an asset bubble in dot com and tech stocks, and then asset bubble and and sort of and uh, financing issues with um, the, the mortgage and, and real estate industry. So, but this is completely different. This is completely different. We've really got no idea. Yeah. Um, and so I think there's obviously like, you know, I, I think many business leaders can take away from some of the lessons of 2008 and, and 2001 in terms of building businesses, focusing on fundamentals, conserving cash, taking market share. But today is completely different. And there's, you know, there's a there's sort of a bunch of, um, a bunch of differences, you know, principally, you know, this is a time when it's, the speed is unprecedented. You know, yeah. in the last six, six weeks, two months, this is just, unprecedented we've gone from a sort of what felt like a healthy economy in february to you know you know to an you know impending economic collapse it feels like the unemployment figures are unbelievable yeah. um and then also you've got this strange situation where you've got everyone working remotely um and uh and you know that is impacting every business in in various different degrees particularly those that have some sort of offline component yeah so obviously the restaurants you know real estate travel it's it's been particularly hard but it you know i in in sort of my vantage point in silicon valley it's it's um you know you, you look at a lot of things that have been happening and it, it does feel that you know what and you see this in some of the companies what we expected to see five years from now we're seeing today yeah. the sort of telemedicine, remote uh, education, you know, virtual um, home purchasing, all these trends have been building up for quite some time. And then seemingly overnight, the, 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 the sort of trends are being accelerated. And I, it's hard to see what, well, you know, while things are going to come back and there's going to be some degree of, of kind of normalcy, there'll be elements of what's happening today, which are going to be permanent. Um, you, you mentioned 2009-10. You guys were up and running at Trulia, right? And so you probably, the realtor pocketbook had thinned out to zap pretty much like now, right? There were not very many home sales. So during that time, Realty was on its back. KW is kind of coming back. A lot of big traditional companies were in a shithole. You guys all had a lot of capital because you raised a fair amount of money. You probably didn't have your revenue up then. That, I mean, I, I just, just thinking of a parallel just hit me. You're right. There's this forcing function of the pandemic and all the stuff that, you know, I preached about for 20 years, the digital transaction, how suddenly overnight it's happening, whether we like it or not, or there's no home. Absolutely. Really, then I think that moment in time probably accelerated you guys and Zillow while the rest of the industry is on its heels. You know, going into that, you look at the websites with the most traffic it was remax it was century 21 it was coal banker then suddenly overnight not overnight but over that three or four year span you and zillow were at the top it was during that time that the portals captured the consumer um i i think or began to and the legacy industry and I, it seems similar in this we have legacy systems and behaviors and all these clogged up pieces of the value chain that make it hard to transact. Now, suddenly, the same thing seems to happening where technology s solutions are trumping the old ways. I don't know what the hell I'm saying, but does any of that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I was on stage in McConnect about two years ago and sort of late, you know, the, 
what I shared then was that really there's been two distinct phases on online real estate. 2005 to 2015 was really the information revolution. This is where essentially consumers were exposed to just huge amounts of rich information on Trulia and Zillow and others. And that, and that really, you know, the primary beneficiary, beneficiary of those were really the consumer. And the primary losers in that world were the newspapers. Because you obviously remember before then, the newspapers were really the sort of primary information channel. Um, you know, and particularly the primary recipient of advertising dollars. So, and the 2008 um, global financial crisis really put a nail in the coffin in newspapers. That yeah. was the sort of primary loser in that environment. But you saw this massive transformation in information. You know, I would say, you know, what I said then, two years ago, that, that since 2015, you've seen really the beginning of the transaction revolution. This is where, you know, the, the, this traditional kind of offline complicated transaction is starting to be transformed. Um, and just in the same way that a couple of years in, um, in 2008, the, the sort of the information revolution just accelerated. Now the transaction revolution is absolutely going to be accelerated. So it's probably going to happen less, um, less dramatically than the information revolution because newspapers were sort of on their knees anyway. Right. Um, right. But so you founded them. But you're going to see this this sort of transaction revolution where where components which are sort of offline are going to be dramatically online. And um, that's just an incredibly exciting time for, um, uh, for particularly tech companies. But I also think that, you know, like I've, I've always said, the realtors are going to be the center of transactions. Um, but a lot of the sort of legacy traditional players are going to be challenged unless they move quickly and adapt and survive. Is that title mortgage open houses, what are some of the line items here you think in that old way that are, I mean, we're seeing our virtual walkthroughs now. I just got persuaded Merrill Lynch not to send a notary and a legal document where they would have insisted in the past and I you know, put it to them. You can risk my life if you want that on your balance sheet um, or you can scratch the notary requirement that is stupid ridiculous inane like a million other steps to the real estate transaction are you talking about more the people in the value chain that depended on that bureaucratic mess what what, what is, is that question clear Pete? yeah I, I would say everything i mean yeah. I, I i think everything i think it's i think for sure total mortgage escrow escrow are going to be um transformed there's i mean there's a large amount i mean what you're seeing two forces here one is that there's absolutely going to be a need for sort of digitization and efficiency, but there's also absolutely going to be a need for, um, you know, just frankly saving money. Like I don't think we've seen in the stock market right now, but with this level of unemployment, people are going to get frugal and, and kind of rightly so. And there's a lot of people in the real estate industry that are taking cut of the transaction yeah. that are really not delivering significant value. Yeah. And, and it takes these economic shocks for people to sort of, look in at their kind of uh, uh, who's making money from this transaction and saying, well, are they doing any work? Um, and there's a lot of people that will not be doing much work and getting paid historically that maybe, maybe removed from the transaction going forward. So I think that that's one area. I think, you know, there's a lot of, you know, commentary around I buys and 
what's going on there. And, and you just, you know, while it's obviously, <laughs> it looks like they're on pause right now, and I've, I've not spoken to anyone at the big iBuyers recently, but they're on pause, but just think about it. The iBuying transaction is a, uh, is a very attractive idea right now, not just because you get liquidity, but I don't have open houses. I don't have people wandering in and out of my house. Yeah. Um, which is and people, a, are, people want more certainty now and i buyers more than ever even if it's a little discount we by the way heard uh i was on a just a zoom call with an atlanta real estate broker and they had before me two i buyers there saying hey we're revving up the engines for next week that would be this week and it's not surprising to me and when that's a single you know back in the day that buyer i buyer was competing with regular buyers now the regular buyers are on the sidelines like you say with unemployment so you can see that becoming big now, right? I mean, I, I think that's possible, actually. I think so. I think it's, um, you know, I think there'll be different flavors of it. You know, the sort of the, you know, the very sort of fast, um, uh, you know, traditional kind of open door um, transaction, I think may evolve into different kind of areas where you're actually, you're still providing confidence and certainty. Maybe it was not a fast turnaround, but I think realtors will start to provide um, streamlined transaction processes, um, which are appropriate to the to the age that we're living in right now, which remove a lot of the clutter, add a bunch of certainty, um, and uh, and limit your kind of exposure to other people because we're all we're we're all nervous about um, interacting with other people and having random people into our homes. You know, it, it's interesting not only because we're fearful, but because we're learning here that we can do these things in an alternative way with less friction and less time consumed on stupid stuff. I've been arguing lately that take travel, which you're familiar with, I think half of business travel that we used to do, Pete, will go away. Because what we've learned, yeah. I can do all the business I want in a closing, on a business contract, let's say, or almost, well, half of, half of the things I used to travel for, I don't need to travel for anymore. And there's some people that want to travel all the time in business, but salespeople are making sales without visiting every customer. There will be some things that will be sacred and that we'll have to have human contact. I'm hoping it's physical conferences, but who knows? Um, yeah. So I think business travel could be so many things we travel for, we don't need to travel for. And this lesson here, these last two months is, hey, we don't need to go there to consummate the transactional parts of business travel anymore. Why would we? Why get on a plane? Why go to a hotel? I don't know. Maybe not. I think, no, I, no, well, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's going to be a huge wake up um, for many industries. Um, you know, one, I mean, I think this is, this trend is going to impact every industry. You know, my my uh, my job right now is to um, is running with some some a number of partners uh, a venture capital firm, and venture capital is even more antiquated than real estate. You know these are kind right. of this is it is it's remarkable that it's you know it's a very traditional industry that's has a lot of offline components, limited technology, um, and we've been you know since the start of of NFX we've been building a bunch of software to really facilitate the 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 um uh the investment process for internally and externally and we announced um about two weeks ago this thing called the fast seed funding uh process which essentially taking this analog offline process bring it online 
one to two million dollars for a, for an early stage startup, and we make a decision in nine days, and um, which is which in the industry is is a kind of way higher bar and way way sort of faster time commitment than you traditionally get. And yeah, you know, without, we feel pitch, now is the without, time. without the entrepreneurs showing up in your little conference room and them, you know, the admin giving them water and coffee and a meet and greet and we love you, you love me, la la la, and we're we love your business and then being rejected 90, 99 of a hundred times is that over and now it's just uh, like doing a PPP loan what? application or something. Ah, uh, well, not not exactly, <laughs> but um, there's none of the, <laughs> there's there's none of the um kind of, um, uh, you know, there's sort of going up and down Sand Hill Road and, and meeting all people. It's like Zoom conversations, which, you know, I would typically meet, you know, five entrepreneurs a day. Now I can meet 10 entrepreneurs a day because they're like, we're so much faster. Um, I can, uh, I can speed up the kind of the, the process that I'm doing. Um, and, you know, just in this, and, and we give them feedback where they are in the process. Um, so we've met them, we're doing a review. This is the other partner. I need some references. We kind of, you know, you've talked about this, the sort of, dom and we talked about this, the Domino's pizza, like you get to know where you are in the transaction. Yeah, in I love digital that. Period. Whereas in, in, in venture capital, um, founders don't know where they stand. And so we're, so we think, you know, I, he, that is really a radically, having been on that Sandhill rub too many times in my life, on my knees, I think, if you guys can master getting rid of all that bullshit, which is really fantastic. I really hope you can. Yeah, that's, um, that's the plan. And, and just like in, in with this venture capital, real estate consumers crave confidence and they, uh, confidence around where they are in the process and transparency. Um, so that's what we're trying to do. And we're seeing that across every industry. Um, now, let me ask you this, are you funding stuff? Are you guys actually writing checks right now? We, yeah, we, very much so. The stats that, you know, VC money's dried up or I, I don't know what's right or wrong here, but you guys are funding things as we speak and other, your colleagues as well in, in, in the VC community. Hi, this is Joe Rand. I'm excited I may be coming to your home soon. For 25 years, you have been coming to Inman Connect. Now, Connect is coming to you. Find details at Inman.com. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, um, early stage venture capital investment is a, is a sort of, there's a whole spectrum of companies from funding kind of two gals in, a, in their kind of dorm room to, you know, to big $100 million SoftBank type investments. You know, the late stage stuff has, um, has really been put on ice. There's no, not much activity there. But it's the early stage stuff, which is absolutely happening. We're very active. We'll probably, we're certainly going to increase the amount, amount of investments to happen in, in, you know, in the, who knows for how long, but certainly in the kind of next couple of quarters, we think we're going to increase materially the number of investments we make. Because realistically, this is a terrific time to build a business. I mean, while it's tough times, you're seeing just a, uh, it's a great time to build a business because you're seeing this fundamentally, you're seeing this supply demand imbalance um, and entrepreneurs come in and when there's a sort of lack of equilibrium in the market to, to basically capture that opportunity. Um, you know, Trulia, Zillow, Redfin, they're all started in, you know, pre 2008 and came out just great. Yeah. Airbnb, 
Airbnb similarly came out, you know, came out just great during that time. It's a terrific time to, to build a technology business. Um, and so we're, we're very active in, in, in funding companies at the early stage. The late stage. Is there a lot of deal flow now? Or entrepreneurs? I guess there are always entrepreneurs are always out there. Is there is there a, a lot of people doing cool things that impress you? I yeah, I think so. This is I mean, this just think about what's happening to our to our world right now. This is a this is an environment where every part of our life is turning digital, yeah. um, and it's turning remote, and it's enabled by technology. This conversation. You know, yeah. we would do this face to face, and now we're doing it virtually. Every every part of our society is being rewired with software, um, and that's just a you know that's that change is hard, and it's going to be painful. But it's also a terrific time for entrepreneurs. Whether you are a you know a small real estate team that wants to be a sort of innovative and aggressive during this time or whether you're a kind of a two-person technology startup. Um, this is a terrific time to, to, um, to, to build a business. And I think they, you know, I probably wouldn't, may not have said this kind of 10 years and 10 years ago, at, you know, running truly, because it was horrible at the time. Um, yeah. But in retrospect, it was, a, you know, it was the great time. It was a great time to, to, to build a business. And I think that's, you know, I think founders need to have confidence much like entrepreneurs and have to have confidence that this will pass. Um, well, kind of like you're on a football field and, or a soccer, I guess you a soccer field and it's very crowded, in the middle, <laughs> very crowded in the middle and you find, you know, a way around or a way through and then suddenly it's open air. I feel like what happens in a recession is it's everybody's globbed up in the middle, kind of not moving. And if you can find a, a, an alleyway through, there's open sky for, for opportunity. Let me, Let's go through a now. You, by the way, just so we're clear, you guys are investing not just in real estate. What are the other categories that you're looking at? Well, we're we're investing across the board. Our, our sort of core investment thesis is around network effects. So these are marketplaces, platforms, things where the more people use the product, the better it gets for everyone else. Um, and so, gosh, we've been. I mean, we invest in in a whole range of different sectors. Everything from computational biology through to um, gaming platforms, things to supply chain, um, software, marketplaces, um, a whole range of different different industries. I, yeah, real estate, just one piece of the puzzle that you guys know well. Yeah. Let me ask you, let's go through, a, a, I'm just curious, I'll do, a, just throw out a bunch of names and give me your one or two word or talk on, looking through this and the other end, Zillow portals, are they, you know, realtor.com, they're strong when this is over, you think? I think for sure. I think this is a, you know, this consumers crave information at times of uncertainty. Yeah. And they provide very efficient advertising um, for, um, uh, for agents. So I think they're going to do just fine. And then let's talk about like the tech brokers, the Redfins, the Compass, the others. It seems like they're pretty well poised because they're deploying technology. I, I think probably Redfin more than Compass, but without naming names, th those characters seem to have a good future too, right? Even though they have kind of rely on a traditional brokerage model or does it even matter? Oh, I, th I mean, I think the, I mean, the only sort of question is around the cost structure um, for some of these firms, but I think it's terrific. You know, I, I think it's, um, I mean, they're able to move quickly into virtual showings. Um, they have 
you know, certainly Redfin has hundreds and hundreds of engineers and they're kind of like very sophisticated technology platform. And so they will, they will come out strong and their value proposition is not just efficient and digital transactions, but also saving some money along the way and people are going to feel the pinch if they're not already. And so that that's going to be compelling. And these big legacy companies that barely got through the last recession, um, some will go away. Is that whole piece of the value chain in trouble? And what, what did they need to do really quickly? Because as you know, the internet, you know, the famous innovators dilemma, it's hard for those companies, but you know them well in our, in our space. What's your view of that world? Oh, I think it's, it's really tough. I think the sort of the big box brokers, I think it's, um, it's for sure. It's, it's really tough. I think you're, you know, you've seen, you know, seen over the years, the sort of um, the transition from, you know, the, the bigger brokers to the kind of more agile brokers. Brokerage as an industry is not disappearing for sure, but it's those that are more lightweight, more nimble, more agent centric, um, that are going to come out in a, um, in a strong position. And I think a lot of these platforms have really outsourced a lot of that technology. Um, they don't have anything just, inside. They don't have IP or they don't control the fate. They yeah. Salesmen from other vendors, right? Yeah. And I think that, you know, that may, may be a kind of, um, that may be the only thing to do um, because they don't have that capability. But I think you're, you know, this is a time when technology is front and center. And so where you have consumers are looking for, they're looking for differentiated technology experiences, not just differentiated human experiences. And so I, I think the, the lack of technology capability is going to shine through visibly to consumers. Um, and so I think some of these firms have kind of, have, you know, have, Good technology and some of them have kind of very mediocre technology and so or no technology and i think that's going to be increasingly apparent to consumers and to agents alike let's talk a minute you bought some of these at trulia the legacy SaaS software b2b you know the industry is full of these characters whether they create web pages or cmas mm -hmm. and, you know crms and la -di -da -da. are those characters which ones of those you could arguably say it's technology, it's software. They're going to do really great. Um, and even if you look at the stock market, you know, Wall Street seems to still award, you know, anybody in the software business separate from everybody else in the market. It, what's your sense of that in real estate? Um, are they perfectly positioned or do they have to retool their products or they have to get with the transactional approach instead of the digital marketing approach? And what, what it's a bundle of... Uh, in there. I mean, I, I guess this sort of the first thing that, you know, we saw this at, at truly and, and look at these companies that there's, you know, as, as we all know that the sort of, uh, you know, in, in sort of SaaS world, we call it churn rate, but the sort of the amount of new agents that come into the industry and the amount of agents that leave the industry is incredibly high. Um, and so, the businesses and the technology companies are focusing on perhaps the newbie agent who are kind of like, you know, dipping their toe in, seeing it's for them, um, and then perhaps leaving after a year or two, they're going to suffer dramatically. Um, 
but it's the it's the software platforms that are working with the top agents, the ones that have been perhaps at this for kind of 10 years. This is their, you know, they are true professionals in the industry that, you know, and they're gonna, you know, they they already have these software companies that have these these agents that are relying on their platforms, they're finding good usage from them. They'll 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 come out just great. But no doubt during this sort of economic shock that we're seeing. Agents will, you know, I think there'll be a bunch of agents who will move into this industry because real estate can often do quite well in these recessionary periods. And, and then, you know, they'll maybe move in and then they'll, they'll kind of like move out after a couple of years. And similarly, agents will move out of this industry. There's going to be this massive flux in this, in the category and the realtor population over the next year or two. And I, and I think the, I think, you know, these software companies need to be very careful because they could just lose you know, 50% of their customers very, very quickly, um, which is going to be, um, which is going to be a change the for them. But, the agents don't have the money to pay it. Yeah. And it adds up, you know, these, you know, 50 bucks here, hundred bucks here, it adds up. So, I mean, I'm generally it's excited about many of those companies, but I think there is, you know, it's, <laughs> there's so many of them that are yeah. undifferentiated and many of them will struggle. Yeah, for sure. Hey, any last words for, uh, you know, a big part of the MA community, I, I think across the spectrum, really respects you. But uh, we have a lot, as you know, in fact, you started as one, an entrepreneur um, coming to connect at, at a young age as you were formulating the Truly Ideas. Uh, what's, let's focus on them as to wrap this up. Just give your advice to the, the entrepreneur, the technologists out there of the MA community your advice to, as you got through the last one, what's your advice to them to, to wrap it up here, Pete? Well, I think, you know, I think fundamentally you're seeing just a, um, a phenomenal crisis, a terrible crisis in our uh, society right now. And, um, you know, I, I've always been inspired by kind of Churchill growing up in the UK and, you know, it was, you know, Never, I forget exactly, but but you know, crisis for for Churchill creates opportunity, yeah. and I do think this is a, a time for opportunity. I think there are many people that, in fear and uncertainty, become deer in headlights and are almost paralyzed by what's going on. And and um, you know, let's not sort of ignore the human kind of cost of what's going on right now. But this is a terrific time for ambitious entrepreneurs to build their business. Um, and you, there are many people building solutions that are more in demand than ever before, um, but that will require change. Um, you're going to have to do things differently. Um, the old world is the old way is no longer the new way. Um, so just lean into it. This is this is for many people, many particularly tech entrepreneurs out there. This is your time. Um, this is your chance to serve the community, create incredible products, and build terrific businesses. Yeah, that's, you know, that's a core message throughout this podcast with you, Pete, and that's what I always liked about you. You're practical and realistic, but you're insanely optimistic, like a great entrepreneur. Um, we've all been proud of you at Inman community, watching you succeed, and uh, we're glad you're still playing a part on the VC side. And thank you so much for being here. And I persuaded Pete in the top of this conversation to be with us for Connect Now, which is June 2nd through 4th. People always ask me, well, where's the location of that? And I go, well, it's in your, it's in your living room. So uh, 
People have been coming to Connect for 25 years. Now we're coming to you. So move some chairs around, have some coffee. We'll be coming to you. Uh, Pete, thanks again. And uh, this is Brad Inman checking out.